0: Asking for it. Subscribe now.
1: This is a CBC Podcast.
2: So, a year or so ago, uh, I was browsing Reddit, as I do. I saw this one post that caught my eye. And it was called, Are you a French teacher or someone who works at a school board? I'm offering $1,000 to the person who can cure a bad case of nostalgia.
0: This is Doc Project digital producer Althea Manasen.
2: And I clicked on the post and I just read everything that was in it.
0: It was written by someone calling themselves RPGLB Keturia. And they were trying to track down a set of cassettes they'd listened to in elementary school. A series of French tapes called Dis Moi tout.
2: So immediately I was intrigued.
0: The post went like this. I remember many of these songs fondly, and I would give anything to hear them again. So much so that I have been embarking on a nationwide search for the past few months. So Althea is reading this, and while I mean, yes, thousand dollars to listen to your old French homework does sound a little odd, she also kind of gets it. So do I. Like the Reddit poster, we're both millennials. In French class in the 80s and 90s, it was a vibe. There was Telefrancais with Anana, a pineapple puppet who taught you how to conjugate. There were a lot of French puppets and, perhaps unsurprisingly, a lot of French clowns, like Sol from Parle moi or Samuel from Marie Soleil. They had these TV shows and in-class programs, all designed to keep Anglophone kids engaged en français. And we were. I mean, the French itself might not have stuck, but the characters and the shows and the music... Those did. Perhaps for nobody more so than RPGLB Keturia. I'm AC Rowe, and this is The Doc Project. Today, the quest to find Dimuatu, a deep cut of Canadian culture, and the guy who would give anything to stop it from being forgotten. althea has got this one. But first, you're gonna need to meet someone.
1: There are a lot of songs on Dimuatu that... Because I didn't keep up with my French, I don't necessarily remember all the words. But I do remember the melody and how the melody made me feel.
2: This is Jordan Werner, a.k.a. RPGLB Keturia. He's 32 years old and lives in Thunder Bay. And sitting at home during the pandemic, these songs just kept coming back to him. Not just the melodies, but the emotions.
1: I definitely remember the songs and, and how... They were comforting, and some of them were sort of goofy and amusing, but a lot of them to me just had this sort of soothing kindness to them almost that was maybe what I needed while I was admittedly kind of growing up as the the special kid.
2: What Jordan means is that he's blind. But it's not just his eyesight. When he was around six or seven, there was an accident.
1: My brother and I were horse-playing, and I sort of deflected off of a coffee table made of glass. Nose first, went right into the corner of it, and shoved it up a couple inches. And uh, from that day forward, I had no sense of smell either. Um, When you take away a sense of smell, you automatically lose 80% of your sense of taste.
2: With half his senses blunted, Jordan says he felt disconnected.
1: If we're being frank, it it makes finding satisfaction very challenging because most things are sensory in some form or another. And with 60% of that gone, it's very hard to convince yourself that you live in a world and not in an isolated bubble.
2: Jordan says that growing up, the school system wasn't really set up to engage him. And Jordan says the kids around him they didn't really know how to include him either.
1: A lot of them were running around and, and you know, they would chase each other and, and throw the ball and have all sorts of fun. And a lot of that I wasn't really able to participate in. So I spent a lot of time uh, in the classroom, say, at recess, and that would be my time to listen to a record or or a tape. Hence why a lot of those resonated with me so much and I've, I've spent so much time trying to track them down today.
2: Which brings us to Dis-moi-tu. dis translates to tell me everything in French. dis was a series of programs first published in the 1980s. They were designed to teach French to English-speaking primary school kids. There were three levels, Dis-moi-tu un, deux and 3, one for each grade. The programs were essentially kits, which consisted of workbooks, teacher's guides, and cassette tapes filled with stories and songs.
1: Probably the first one that I remember quite fondly was uh, this song called uh, Qu'est-ce qu'il y a dans ta soupe? What is in your soup? I recall asking my French teacher, you know, that I liked it, and asking her to play it repeatedly, and... There were a lot of songs I remembered with a great deal of fondness.
2: There was also, unbeknownst to Jordan, a well-loved green puppet.
1: Which of course I didn't even know existed until I did research, you know, in 2020. But for me, I remember the songs and I seem to be alone in remembering the songs.
2: Now you'd think, surely this is on YouTube. Everything is on YouTube. If you search for Dymo Two, you can find a few home videos, but they don't have the songs. For more than 20 years, Jordan's memories of Dymo Two and how it made him feel lived in the back of his mind.
1: I sort of decided, you know what? I want to I want to get really serious about finding this.
2: One thing to know about Jordan is that when it comes to finding obscure media from the past, this is not his first rodeo. He successfully tracked down old radio spots and public service announcements that he remembers from his past. And a couple of years ago, he completed a similar quest to find another piece of music he had listened to as a kid, an obscure Canadian children's folk album called Ig's Pig.
3: Ig, Ig, said the pig, 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 said old Ig. I love your pink ears and your turned up nose. Ig, Ig, said the pig, 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 said old ig. Down on the flat where the green grass grows.
2: All this is to say that when Jordan started looking for Dimois in earnest, he had a pretty good idea of where to start. The Dimois kits were published and distributed by a company called Centre Educatif et Culturel, or CEC. They're a Quebec company founded in 1956, and according to their website, they make textbooks for the province's schools, all the way from kindergarten to university. They've also published materials for Ontario's core French program. Jordan called them.
1: They had one copy of the first volume of the CDs from Level 2.
2: But this was just a tiny portion of the full set.
1: Then, all right, let's keep going.
2: Next, Jordan decided to try Library and Archives Canada. The LAC is the government agency responsible for acquiring and preserving almost everything that's published in Canada. Surely, Jordan assumed, they must have a copy of the complete collection.
1: But I started digging on the site and realized they only had the tapes for level one, but not two or three. And, you know, why is just completely unknown.
2: This bothered Jordan. This program was being taught in public schools throughout the 80s and 90s. to was something that maybe hundreds of thousands or even millions of Canadian school children must have listened to. Why had no one thought to save a copy? All of a sudden, his search took on a whole new meaning.
1: This is no longer just about me. This is no longer just a personal nostalgia project. This is now about trying to preserve a piece of our, of our legacy.
2: Jordan's goal was now to find the complete collection, dis-moi tu un, deux, and toi, all 20 cassette tapes, and digitize them. To make them available to the public so that anyone could find them. He made calls to schools and school boards. He posted on sites like Facebook. He placed ads on Kijiji offering a bounty to anyone who could get him these tapes.
1: I've certainly had my share of Kijiji scammers claim that they have it. One had even done so much research that I actually fell for it. Um, It was uh, not good. I was scammed for 130 bucks.
2: But then Jordan got another reply on Kijiji. A teacher in Toronto wrote and told him that he had not tapes, but CDs of Dean at his school. He was willing to lend them to him to make a copy.
1: He's still using it as learning material, which is very surprising, um, seeing as it's been discontinued for probably a decade or more.
2: For the first time in 20 years, Jordan got to listen to some of the songs. One track that he'd misremembered as a Halloween song was actually about Thanksgiving.
1: But I guess it is just the feel of
0: autumn.
1: This idea that summer has passed and you have the the sort of calming feel of the cool autumn breeze and and pumpkin pie, and in my mind imagining myself sitting outside on an autumn day and there's witches flying on a broomstick up above or or maybe even flying along with them.
2: The song was like a warm hug. It spoke to freedom, friends and adventures, but also comfort. The set the teacher had, however, was also incomplete. He only had levels one and two. Jordan listened through all of it, even though the quality was not great. More than anything, there was one particular song Jordan wanted to hear again from Level 3, something he'd taken to calling the elusive cha-cha-cha.
1: I'm very much in pursuit of this highly elusive cha-cha-cha track that was part of De Moi Tu that was kind of a class favorite, and it was certainly one of my absolute favorites. I want to say... Like, something along the lines of, uh, el dos de cha-cha-cha. Something along that. Like something, something, passe-pa, maybe. I mostly remember cha-cha-cha. But I mean, cha-cha-cha, cha-cha-cha, cha cha-cha-cha. I mean, that that's definitely what the song sounded like. The words are not there, though. It's just been too long.
2: Around the same time as the Kijiji scam, Jordan made his Reddit post. And I wasn't the only one to read it and reach out to him. He also heard from Adeline Crapo, a researcher at the University of Toronto studying comparative literature.
0: I actually work on the Renaissance, so not a lot to do with uh, recent technology. <laughs> in my academic life, I work on disability in the Renaissance and how men talk about being disabled and citizens.
2: So Adeline was intrigued when Jordan described what it was like going to a public school as a blind kid. She
0: also needed some extra work. So that's sort of uh, how I ended up uh, like messaging Jordan and saying, hey, I think you might need a researcher to do this.
2: Now there was an official Dimuatu search team, Jordan, Adeline, and me. And a plan. Jordan and Adeline would continue posting open calls online. They would also keep calling schools and school boards across the country. Jordan also figured if anyone would have a complete set of these tapes, it would be the people who actually made them, right?
1: Our thinking is that getting in touch with the authors is the most likely uh, path to success.
2: He made a list of all the authors he could find who were credited in the catalogue entries and CDs for Two. There was Denise Amio, who now appeared to be the president and CEO of Colleges and Institutes Canada. There were a few names that popped up with Google searches. Then there were a bunch of other names of people who seemed to just not exist anymore, at least not on the internet. Jordan and Adeline found an email address for Claudine Cortel, the creator of Dimoitu, on an obscure social media site in France. So they sent her a message, but didn't receive anything back. Every path was turning into a dead end.
1: It still sort of feels like we're in the early days of, of investigating the crime, where you're still knocking on doors hoping somebody saw something. You know we we don't have a whole lot of concrete background information
2: for my part i decided i would start off by tracking down the name with the most public resume suzanne pinnell suzanne is according to wikipedia a children's performer and former canadian citizenship judge but despite having a wikipedia entry she didn't appear to have any social media accounts or contact information online then I stumbled across an article from 2020 in the Gatineau newspaper Le Doigt. It was a profile of a well-known Canadian children's performer, Marie Soleil, who had her own popular television show in the 80s. Apparently, the Suzanne Pinel we were looking for was in fact Marie Soleil. My baby, my and with that little piece of information, I was able to track her down. Hello, welcome.
1: Hello. Hello. <laughs>
2: Suzanne agreed to talk to Jordan, Edeline, and me on a Zoom call.
1: For the past six months, we have been investigating the the origins of Deem in hopes of finding the individuals involved and in hopes of ultimately uh, tracking it down. So thank you very much for agreeing to uh, speak with us this afternoon. Thanks, Jordan. I was so excited by the call because
4: it's COVID, And I've been living in the house and to get something exciting and to go back to that, I couldn't wait to get a chance to meet you. So thank you.
2: Suzanne told Jordan how she kind of fell into Dimuatu. She had a background in nursing and education, and she loved kids. She would bring her guitar to the hospital every Friday for a sing-along.
4: We started making up songs, one after the other. They just come in my mind and then I'd go up on a little tape and I'd record it. Just for the fun of it. And then I used things around that children like animals, um, the different celebrations of the year. I had made a small educational tool with six songs for Mm -hmm. teachers. Then I got a call from the um, Ottawa Public School Board. They asked me
2: if I couldn't create 80 songs. Can you imagine? 80 songs for this new project called De each with a theme.
4: Can you write a song about pancakes? Can you write a song about the days of the week? Can you write a song about the alphabet? You want it to be catchy. You want the repetition in it. And Mm -hmm. um, to have the melody very simple. So Mm -hmm. that's what I did. That's what they gave me.
1: If I were to ask you questions about specific songs, would you be able to comment on that?
2: Maybe. It's been quite a long time. Suzanne had worked on Dimoitou to earn and Deux, so Jordan knew that she wasn't behind the elusive cha-cha-cha. But there were other songs that he knew were Suzanne's.
1: I have to bring this up, especially Escortura and Canary, okay. uh, because it almost, to me, was like a lullaby. It, it had, this, you know, kind and gentle and soothing kind of quality to it. It affected me in, in some way and it it made me feel good. It, it, you know, it was special to me. I guess I'm wondering if um, you would feel up to to uh, singing the song with me, if you remember it.
4: If you start it, I might. Can you sing it for me?
1: Es que tu a, un
4: canari non je n'ai pas de canari de canari dans ma maison non je n'ai pas de canari de canari cui 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 sorry am my tune est-ce que tu as un canari un canari dans ta maison est-ce que tu as can i add something God, I admire your determination. Now, can I ask something else?
0: Do you have
1: an original copy at the moment of those cassettes? No, I do not. We have almost nothing except for very poor-conditioned duplications that somebody was able to provide us. I've got an original
4: copy of one and two, and it would be an honor to send it to you, Jordan.
1: Oh, so, thank you so much.
4: We have to keep our, I'm going to tell you the word in French, because it's not coming in my mind in English. It's uh, preserving our patrimoine. Can anybody translate
2: patrimoine for me? Adeline steps into the bilingual rescue.
0: Patrimony,
4: really heritage. Oh, OK, thanks. And so I think, Jordan, you're going to be doing something, because a lot of people grew up with those songs.
2: The tapes for 2 1 and 2 came in the mail the next day, and Jordan got to work digitizing them. Talking to Suzanne was an incredible milestone in our search, but we all knew more work still had to be done. We still weren't any closer to finding Level 3, or the elusive Cha-Cha-Cha song.
0: AC here. We need to take a quick break, but coming up, the hunt for the lost 2 tapes continues. Sit tight.
1: I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretap. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretap. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. That's the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, this week, I had a dream pertaining to De and specifically, I think, the the, uh, Cha 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 song that I've been looking for for so long, you know, dreams about hearing it, or being in a certain place and finding it, so I can't help but think that something, something's gotta come to a head, something's gotta give, soon. (laughs)
2: Denise Samio, the head of Colleges and Institutes Canada, eventually replied to one of my messages. But it turns out she had only worked as an author on Level 2 and wasn't sure if she had any tapes. She did, however, have another name, Matt Maxwell. <laughs> <speaking> Matt Maxwell was a singer songwriter who worked on Dimmoitou De. I was known as a uh, French kid's rock-and-roll singer. Over the last four decades, he's performed thousands of concerts across North America, released six albums, and has been nominated for a Juno. Probably his most famous song? Say l'Halloween.
1: Dima hey! too,
4: is just
2: one little part of the, the different things I did, but uh, yeah. it, the, the part that, that matters to me is the fact that it was, uh, was musical. And mm-hmm. anything with music is, um, just fills my soul um, mm-hmm. in a very deep,
1: deep, deep, deep way.
2: Adeline tracked him down. Matt spoke with the three of us over Zoom from his home in Bowen Island, B.C., Jordan got to the point pretty fast and asked if Centre Educatif et Culturel ever provided Matt with copies of the Dimoitu tapes, specifically Tois. My gosh, no. Unfortunately,
1: they didn't. There was one song on Dimoitou Trois. We have dubbed it the elusive cha cha cha, but I would give anything to hear it again, even if you can tell me what it was called, it would be amazing.
2: Okay, well, the, the hole's still in your head there, uh, Jordan, because that's, that's, that's um, mm-hmm. uh, next step.
1: Onward, ho. Yeah.
2: At this again. point, I'm
1: not sure we know what the next step is. Yeah.
2: We thanked Matt for his time, but I could tell Jordan left the call feeling a little deflated. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to the rest of us, Matt continued to conduct his own little parallel search. About three weeks after our conversation, Matt forwarded me an email with a subject line. We are one step closer. I called Jordan. Matt Maxwell has been great. He's mm-hmm. been on the ground sending out uh, emails to his networks. So wow. he, he connected me with someone named Jane. And mm-hmm. she got in touch with somebody at the University of Ottawa. Yeah. Who has sent me the song list. Um,
1: the song list for three?
2: The song list for three so I I have the insert so can you re-
1: maybe just read it yeah to me? let me
2: let me read some of them to you so we have yes, la, la rentrée um clown uh les amis mm-hmm. um there's catu vu ce matin, berlingo yeah um cues de berlingo à la moufette
1: mm-hmm. I think that's
2: and mm. I, I didn't even look at this before but the next song is called Le Cha-Cha-Cha de la Mouffette. That might ah, be it.
1: The okay. name you just read is definitely the correct name for the elusive cha-cha-cha. The Cha-Cha-Cha de la moufette. Finally.
2: Yeah. The name of the song, which translates to The Skunk's Cha-Cha-Cha, Another Step Closer. The song list also helped us make another key discovery. The Cha-Cha-Cha de la Mouffette was by a musical duo called Édouard et Misha. We tracked Édouard down.
3: That was a big project that we made in the 80s. We made, I mean, that was my dear partner, Misha, who's passed away. I'm sorry to hear that.
2: Édouard Labonte and Misha Boudreau met and fell in love in 1973. Both were musicians, Édouard from Alberta, Misha from Quebec. Mm-hmm.
3: So when I met her, she we sort of was love it 100%. So I had 35 years with her of extremely interesting life uh, and I'm now uh, benefiting for all we did together. In
2: 1988, the couple was approached to write 30 songs for the Dimois Two project. It was basically,
3: two songs a week for for the whole summer.
2: Jordan was eager to ask Edouard about one specific song. And it's
1: the song that I remember most from Dimo Tutois Trois and would give the world and more to hear again after 20 years, which we were referring to as the elusive cha cha cha, but we've come to know that the correct name was in fact le cha 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 de la yeah, yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that song very well. I, I but yeah. that song I do not have. And Misha is the one that sang it. Yeah. She passed away. And uh, I have the books here, but I don't think I have the tapes. I'll look again.
2: At some point during the Zoom call, we need to take a break. And when we come back.
3: Good news! Found it!
2: <laughs> oh! Wait, Richard, you... can you see oh me? God. Oh my God!
3: What
1: you got?
2: He has a set of cassettes. Can yeah, you just. I got the tapes. Yes. Can... Can... There it was, through my computer screen, in Edouard's hands. A plastic case with two cassette tapes nestled inside. Dis-moi tu, toi. It's one week later. Jordan, Adeline, Edouard, and I are all gathered on a call. Matt Maxwell, the kids' rock singer, also joined us. Jordan had just received the package in the mail from Edouard, and he wanted us to all be there when he listened to it for the first time.
1: I um, actually went out and spent the afternoon at a coffee shop so that I wouldn't be tempted to touch them.
2: Before we get started, we all grab ourselves a drink. This is a moment for toasting.
1: Let's raise a glass to all of you for helping me preserve a cherished part of this country's history. Thank you very much, and... Let's all rejoice in that which we have accomplished today, which is a tremendous feat. Cheers. Cheers. santé. <laughs> OK. Does anybody want to give me a countdown from three?
2: Sure. Three, two, one. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, man, pins and needles. Pins and needles.
4: there yes. it is.
3: Yeah. That's her, that's her, that fantastic,
4: yeah. Amazing. si <laughs>
3: So Jordan, how how was it?
2: How was it hearing it after all that time? Um,
1: that was absolute euphoria and um, I feel like I don't know whether to laugh or cry. That was amazing.
3: You know, it's touching for me to listen to my my love, my, the, my partner. It's very touching to have learned that and uh, you brought it all back to life. So everybody in Gimoua will be happy for what you did for Gimoua That's
1: fantastic.
2: Oh,
1: I, never, I never forgot it. And <laughs> we just tried and tried and it was nine months of searching and we just kept trying and I'm sorry.
3: Listen, I'm, uh, I'm as emotional as you are. <sighs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's uh, it's something that uh, that has to come out, see? Eh?
4: Yeah.
1: That was just the best day that I've had since pandemic started. Oh,
2: that's, that's amazing! So good
4: to hear. Elle parcourt le fond des bois, elle danse cha-cha-cha, elle ne manque pas ses pas sur le rythme cha-cha-cha.
0: That track was produced by Althea and with me, AC Bro. It was edited by Allison Cook. Jordan is now looking for the complete set of songs and exercises from Two. If you have them or other Two memorabilia you think he might be interested in, get in touch. We'll have his contact information on our Facebook page. The Doc Project is produced by Tanera McLean, Julia Poggle, and me. Althea Manasson is, of course, our digital producer. Alison Cook is our senior producer. I'm Macy Rowe. Merci d'avoir été à l'écoute. Did I get it?
1: For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca
3: podcasts.